welcome to the Bulldog Broadcast. I'm your host, Dan Dickow, with three of my favorite guys. We kicked off the basketball season a year ago for Gonzaga Hoops, previewing the year. It's been so hard to get these three together because we've all got different things going. But we finally have an ability to have a season recap with our regional TV crew. My fellow analyst, Richard Fox the play-by-play extraordinaire Greg Heister, and producer Chauncey Jones. Guys, it's been too long since all of us have uh, chopped it up a little bit, so uh, thanks for joining. How are each of you doing? We'll start with Richard. Can't complain. Happy for the long weekend. Um, looking forward to summer. Got some fun trips planned, but just, you know, like like you guys, grinding and a lot of new, a lot of Zag news recently, which has been nice to see. Yeah, we're going to get into that Zag news for sure because there's a lot of good stuff. Chauncey, life for you good? Yeah, man, I'm blessed. Um, This is crazy, man. First of all, this is a blessing that we can all come together and talk face-to-face outside of the season. So just excited excited to have these conversations with y'all. Let's get it going. Yeah, and and Greg, usually the four of us are are – text messaging to prepare for a Gonzaga game. I understand with your other broadcast roles and duties, you're about to call a baseball game in Pullman down at Washington State. How is that preparation different for you with with Gonzaga basketball versus Washington State baseball? Uh, Two completely different things, I can imagine, in prep, right? Yeah, it, it is, and and so it's a Pac-12 network game, so it's the Apple Cup and Washington State UW, so you've got to be impartial, and you've got to prepare equally for both teams, so there's a lot of players and a lot of history, and, and I just want to throw out there, I agree with Chauncey Jones, he is blessed. <laughs> well, He's really blessed. You know, we don't always, uh, with the Bulldog broadcast, include – backgrounds a lot of it is uh audio podcast but occasionally there's clips of video can you tell us a little bit more about this backdrop that you have on your zoom it looks like a bear is chasing you down from behind it is that's a brown bear i actually took that photograph at katmai national park i was about 40 feet away from him when uh i snapped that photo pretty cool huh yeah that's that's impressive i remember uh last year my family and I, we went to Yellowstone, uh, and a bison walked about five feet by our car, our uh, our van. It was a it was an incredible sight to see. I know you're an outdoorsman. Um, and interested to hear some of your plans as we get going with this uh, podcast chat. But Foxy, mm-hmm. uh, there's been a lot of impressive Gonzaga basketball news ever since the season ended. The historic year, season a year ago, unfortunately, didn't finish with the title, but when you look at what they've added since the end of the year, uh, Drew Timmy coming back, Chet Holmgren, the number one player in the country, signing, Hunter Salas, a McDonald's All-American level player, signing with Gonzaga, and then just recently Nolan Hickman, a another you know four-star, five-star type point guard joining. Is this Gonzaga program not turning back and just continuing to stay at that level? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's about the last five or six years have just been different. We've talked about this before, and I don't you know, see any reason why this is slowing down in the, in the immediate future. And I think this recruiting class is indicative of that. I mean, I, I think Holmgren and um, Hickman both 
committed after Tommy left or that, at least that story was kind of taking shape. So, you know, I think that's a good, that's a positive uh, development, just given how important Tommy was to the recruiting for so long. That certainly gives people, I think, a good feeling that um, when it comes to recruiting, they're, they're not likely to slow down. And you know they're going to be really active and selective in the in the transfer market. I think they did that with the uh, Iowa State kid as in Bolden. Yeah. Um, so, no, I mean, it's, it's at a different level, fellas. We've been lucky to, to kind of be right there to watch it, but – uh, I'm I'm hard pressed to see how this thing slows down at least anytime soon. Yeah, it, it's impressive. It's fun. I know all of us are going to be excited to be a part of calling games next season, um, and uh, you know, just the feel around McCarthy next year will be different because fans will be in the building. Chauncey, when you're out and about, um, you know, in Spokane, obviously people recognize Richard being a seven footer. They they recognize Greg's deep voice of oh, the size of my head. people don't honest. know what's that Greg the size of my head let's be honest well that too but your hair looks nice I mean I, I don't know if I've ever seen it look that professional maybe I know what he was doing <laughs> but but Chauncey you probably hear people's uh perception of Gonzaga's program a little bit differently than Richard and I and maybe even Greg do. Um, what what are you hearing about the Gonzaga program from a fan's perception or after this past season? Was there disappointment or, you know, just excitement of where the, what the program did and where they're moving to? I think the biggest thing for me to change is because I get to hear both the haters and then the people who, who love them. Boy, the haters were finally quiet after this. Normally, after every season, I don't care what happens at the end, it's, see, they shouldn't be in the WCC. See, that wouldn't have happened if this. It's like, man, but then after the Natty, of course, I mean, you still have your ones who are going to hate no matter what happens. They win a chip, there's going to be something to hate on, but they were quiet. They were quiet all during the tournament when they started seeing it because it was magical. I, it's so We're so far removed from it now. But that was a magical run set. Of, I mean, aside from from the game winning half court shot um, from from Jalen. But it was just an exciting, exciting run. And that's the unfortunate thing is we're so far removed. But again, it was silence in the haters. That was that was fun for them to just you see it on Twitter in those places where it started dying down a little bit more. And then now, wow, now the expectations is there from every like. It ha- it's championship, right? Like you can't expect, okay, you can say final four because anything can happen in the final four. The expectations now going into this season next year, legit, like, okay, this should be final four. Yeah. It's, it's amazing to see that, that it is now final four expectations almost every year. I mean, Gonzaga has been there a couple times now, this roster build out, I would imagine they're the preseason number one and the favorite again, Greg, did you, I understand, I think if I remember correctly, you were back at the Final Four, if I'm not mistaken. And if you were, what was that atmosphere like for you, Greg, watching that in person? I wasn't, Dan. I, uh, my parents actually came to Spokane. It's the first time I saw them in 18 months because of COVID. They got vaccinated, so we were able to, to hang out. So I actually watched the Final Four with my dad. So uh, it was uh, that was pretty special. I was back, uh, you know, at Butler for the sweet 16 round. And so I can talk a little bit about that. You know, it, it was just different. I mean, everybody with mass and 
half the crowd. You know, I think when you go to the games, you get a greater appreciation for the lack of energy in these buildings over that year and what the, how the players had to get up each and every game. Right. I mean, you guys, as former players, you understand like how you feed off the energy of a crowd in a building. And I think you get a better appreciation for, for that lacking the entire year, how those kids were able to get themselves up uh, game in and game out to remain, you know, unbeaten all the way to, to where they did. And so, I, you know, I, I think that's, you know, you know, uh, that aside, I, I think I, that's what I just took from it was just uh, what a weird year this whole thing was like, you know, and uh, I've got this baseball game today and, and Washington State lifted their mask mandate if you've been vaccinated down here. So uh, their stadium is actually, you know, they're allowing X amount of people in for COVID. So their baseball stadium is going to be almost full uh, today and tomorrow. And so I hope, you know, somebody mentioned earlier that we hope by the fall we're back to normal and fans are in there. I hope, I mean, fingers crossed, right, that this thing continues to move in the right direction and and we can we can uh, not take for granted anymore the energy that comes in those buildings. Yeah, there's uh, – I had a chance to call games uh, that first weekend of the NCAA tournament, and it was interesting. It was unique because I called them at Butler Fieldhouse. And uh, yeah. they were watching the mask mandate pretty closely with, with security personnel, and they would point people out, and uh, you would be – kind of shunned if you weren't wearing your mask properly. So I, I'm looking forward to getting back to uh, as close to normal as possible. Now, Richard, I know uh, you didn't travel to the tournament, but where were you watching the final four and what was your reaction when Jalen Suggs hit that shot? Oh, you're on, you're on mute still. I said, I think there's a, I, I think there's a video of it. Um, Kyle Bankhead, who we played with, was came to Spokane to watch the games with us, and so um, I think we had Zach Gord over and his his wife um, Tony Hazel, who we're we're friends with as well. So we had a decent group, everybody vaccinated. It was a lot of fun, and we watched both games. But I mean. My my invite must have gotten lost in the mail. That's what I'm hearing. I just no, I, my I, phone was not working at the time. I, I had this weird. I got a new phone and stuff. It was crazy. So that's the excuse. I love it. <laughs> no, all I remember is I'm sitting on the couch next to Zach, and he gets the the ball, and he's going up the court, and he lets it go, and just the room explodes. And next thing I know, I see my wife jumping into Kyle Bankhead's arms with their hand up in the air. Everyone's yelling. It was unbelievable. So uh, let's just say we stayed up pretty late uh, reminiscing and, and, and celebrating it with some uh, some good beverages. It was – I mean, that's an all-time moment for college basketball. But, you know, Gonzaga's been fortunate to have a few of these. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think anything compares to that one. That was uh, – you know, that's something you'll remember forever. That was – and what a moment for the kid, too, you know, for Jalen. I think he did it right all year long. Um, was a huge reason why they were even in that, in that position. So to see him uh, have that moment was pretty cool. And then obviously his teammates. I mean, it was just it was pretty epic all the way around. Yeah, it was an unbelievable game, an unbelievable finish. Uh, I was sitting there in my living room with, with all my family. And uh, Jacob, who's now nine, he was eight at the time. We were sitting next to each other. 
And when he hit that shot, we both yelled as loud as humanly possible. I think we woke our neighbors up if they weren't watching the game from, uh, you know, a couple doors down. We live in up north where there's some space. Um, but we high-fived as hard as I could. I thought I broke his hand as hard as I high-fived him. And my wife said she hasn't seen me run as fast as I did after we high-fived and he hit that game winner. I made like a lap around our house just screaming. Our little one, who's almost two and a half, three, uh, she started crying because I yelled so loud that night. But it was a, it was an unbelievable game, a tremendous finish. Chauncey, you've called games for years or, or excuse me, you've produced games for years for KHQ and the regional broadcasts. Have you? Do you ever remember a finish that can compare to that game? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even just seeing it, seeing seeing a finish like that, there's nothing to compare to, especially especially off the top of the head, right? We've had we've had some some moments, and that's why I was gonna I was gonna ask you this because one of the things too that was tweeted out was. Um, his team, Team USA, and I forget the guy's name, apologies, his coach says, we used to practice that shot and he would make it four out of five times. So I'm going to ask you, when, how far out do you, back in, your, in the days when you were doing those in college and then in the NBA, how far out do you practice those in-the-game situations, those in-the-game shots? How far out would you extend working on, on that shot? Yeah, that's funny. You mentioned feet. that. Go ahead, Richard. I just had six feet for me. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's I'll funny you mentioned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's funny you mentioned that tweet, Chauncey, because uh, that's Coach Showalter uh, from USA Basketball. Uh, and I remember seeing that tweet. He's a great guy, and Jalen did play for him. But, um, you know, that's one of those things that I think as a kid, you always – kind of mentally in the back of your head dream about and you prepare for and you'll practice at some point in in the gym when you're alone or with a couple buddies like counting down three two one you know shoot that half quarter but Gonzaga and coach few have always shot that half court shot at the end of every shoot around just for the sake of muscle memory if you get that opportunity at some point later that night you've at least shot a half court shot um so I think that's kind of ingrained you know, at least physically and mentally that it might be there. But then there's a couple occasions throughout the course of the season that you will practice on situational stuff where, hey, if the other team scores, we're not going to call a timeout, we're going to go. Um, and so, you know, it is most good and great coaches have touched on that at some point uh, throughout the season. And I think that was a tremendous job by Coach Few not to call a timeout. Hey, uh, Greg, with your drive down to uh, to Pullman today to call baseball, you probably got lots of things on your mind. How much preparation do you do for baseball games as opposed to basketball games, knowing that you know the Gonzaga program as well as you do when you and I and, and, and Richard call the games with Chauncey producing? Yeah, a lot more, Dan. Obviously, you know, baseball moves so slowly. And, and obviously, I mean, there's a math equation. There's so many more players. Uh, number, you know, first and foremost, but also there's just a lot more time to fill. You know, basketball is so fast moving. It's up and down. Baskets are scored. You know, Richard usually takes up all the free time we have. So it doesn't, yep, <laughs> it doesn't yep. leave much. <laughs> Rap. Um, so baseball is just different that way. Uh, you, you know, you have to tell stories and, 
you know, you have to breathe. And, you know, if you think I say a lot of foolish things in basketball, you should listen to me do baseball. So, uh, you know, it's, it's just different like that. It's, I'm a storyteller. So I, you know, I, I kind of love doing baseball and, you know, the thing about the PAC 12, when you're doing games, it doesn't matter who the teams are. Most teams have, you know, if not a future MLB or at least a triple a player that, uh, that you get to watch playing these games. So it's tremendous baseball and, uh, I love it. It's, it's been a lot of fun. I, and, and, Gets me extra games, keeps me, uh, you know, doing some work here in April and May. So, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Richard, we had uh, we 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 both had the opportunity to play, to play for Tommy Lloyd under Coach Few when he was really kind of cutting his teeth as a coach, mm-hmm. and now he takes over the reins of traditionally one of the best programs on the West Coast and on also the country in Arizona. Were you surprised by that? And uh, how excited are you for him? I mean, I think everyone was a little bit surprised. I mean, Arizona, I mean, that's, that, that brand, I think the circumstances were, per, were ideal in a way. But, you know, Tommy's ready for, in my opinion, Tommy's ready for that. Um, I think Tommy's been deserving for a while. Um, and the only reason, you know, you might have been surprised is just his lack of head coaching experience. But, you know, I'll be honest, I think these, you know, programs and athletic departments generally – you, know, you see it at the professional level too. You just keep going back to the same well. I think I, you know I, I'd be more inclined to, to look for fresh talent, as it were. And I think Tommy's exactly that. He's had some early success with some recruiting and, and getting guys to come over, whether it be transfer market or uh, overseas already. And, and he's got uh, you know got a good recruit out of his out of his, his backyard. So you know I, I i i can't recall i don't think that their sanctions have come out yet officially but I think my impression is the expectations are though there won't be quite as bad as maybe folks anticipated maybe even a few months ago but you know i couldn't be happy for tommy um i i know everybody here feels the same way um i think he's always done it done it the right way you know as a former player i think a lot of us that are still here in spokane or you know quite frankly even outside of spokane tommy for a lot of us was that primary point of contact you know kind of with the program and and well what you know one of those guys you could reach out to just to see how things were going and we've got a unique dynamic and that we're there more frequent more frequently than most but um tommy's going to be missed you know certainly they're going to be okay but uh, it's going to it's not as if you replace a guy like tommy lloyd from one day to the next yeah i agree with you i think i'm excited for him i think he's going to do great things at arizona it will be interesting to see those sanctions and, and how that might impact them, whether it's scholarships, whether it's more postseason bans. But Tommy will set a foundation and get that program back to uh, the elite on the West Coast. Um, but we talked about the additions of this, the, the players, and we talked about you know the, the subtraction of Tommy Lloyd. Well, <clears throat> on the coaching side, looks like B. Mike's going to continue to move up a chair, I would imagine, and kind of fill yeah. that, you know, elder statesman role as an assistant coach. But one of our good friends, Stephen Gentry, a.k.a. Shaggy, is kind of coming back to Spokane, <laughs> yeah. and he's going to be a assistant coach. Shaggy was <clears throat> a, a part of the program when you and I were roommates back in college. Yeah. Uh, at 222, what is 222 East Sharp? We were an unofficial casino just off the Gonzaga campus. Do you have any gambling 
poker story, not gambling, but poker stories with, with Shaggy that might kind of introduce, reintroduce him to the Gonzaga community? No, I don't. I don't remember him playing poker that as much as everybody else. I mean, it was it got it became a kind of an epidemic. I remember really. Enjoy, I, I, my first exposure to poker was through coming to GU, and I really liked it. But then all of a sudden, when we played twice a week, and yeah, I remember I remember walking into the apartment one night. I was yeah, I probably went to get you know food, and there's like 30 people in our apartment, and I recognized five of them. And you've got guys wearing, you know, glasses and hoodies. I'm like, what are we doing? I mean, <laughs> I, I don't think I've, I've hardly played poker since. But, no, I mean, Shaggy was uh, – I mean, he and I were close. We, we, we redshirted together. Um, and he, for all intents and purposes, kind of lived with us half the time. Yeah. Um, you know, he's – I mean, he hasn't been there since the beginning. We're pretty, pretty close to the beginning of this run, and he's done a really nice job of staying in touch with a lot of us that played with him, but also obviously Mark Few and – um, Brian, so he's a great addition. He knows he's going to step in and know what what Mark wants, yeah, and how this program runs and what this program's about, and the kind of guys that they want, you know, in the program. So um, I think he's a great addition. Yeah, those uh, two twenty two East Sharp. That was the address now for for Corkery Apartments. We had some epic poker nights, and I remember you used to skip out on those fairly frequently. The best poker players was probably, at least my senior year when we hosted them, were Blake Stepp, and then Bankhead was pretty good. I was kind of on a roller coaster with my uh, with my bankroll with the with the poker because I'd hit I'd be hit or miss. I would go all in way too often, and I would I do remember you were kind of in some days, out some yeah. days. Look, while you were on that roller coaster, I was on a first name basis with the bartender Jack and Dan's. I had plenty of fun. Don't worry. I'm okay. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, I, that's those are great stories. So off-season plans are huge uh, for, for everybody at the college level. I want to get your three's take on what your off-season plans are before I ask Gray uh, Richard's plans on what he thinks Coach Few's off-season plans will be. So. Uh, Chauncey, how what are your off-season plans, and how do you prepare to get yourself uh, a more prepared as a producer for next season? Well, the thing is, like, this was a – man, we did so few games together this year that I never even felt like I had an on-season, keeping it real as far as my standpoint from getting in the rhythm as a producer. And so, you know, like, like I say, I'm just praying that we get back to a healthy stance because that's a good look for the country. If we can get back to doing more games, nothing else gets canceled or postponed in the fall. And just like I, I produce outside of Gonzaga as well, things for the Pac-12 network and those things, you get those reps and other sports to start getting ready. And then also in the meantime, always keeping, keeping my ear to the street, so to speak, on what's going on in the program, because that's, it's going to be interesting what happens in the practices this summer with the Zags. It, I mean, when you see it, of course it doesn't, you saw last year, uh, even in the beginning of the year, it doesn't matter who's starting, but it's just as you grow through that, through this summer, it's going to be so challenging. It's going to be so competitive that um, 
once that gets rolling, I'm hoping that we get our slew of games. You know what I mean? Next year, yeah. again, when you guys ask, what are you looking forward to most? It's going to be that game that we get that's going to be an 80 point game. But hey, I can't wait for that one. <laughs> Don't take it for granted. Yeah, we, we get the short end of the stick with games. I saw Coach Few a, a week or so ago. And he asked, you know, hey, what's your broadcasting outlook for, for next year? I said, Coach, it's it's stinking the middle of May. I have no clue what games I'm being offered. I said, hopefully our, our regional crew gets as many as possible. But when you look at how they schedule ESPN and now CBS Sports uh, and even national CBS gets a lot of those good games. And, and I don't think what people understand and realize is we get the scraps. We get the table scraps for those 45-point blowouts. And then you, you uh, Chauncey, have to keep us on task. And, and Greg tries to wander us off path. And, and Richard and I keep us back on the straight and narrow to talk about the game at hand and the players. Uh, but... Hey, do you want, hey, do you want to roll that bus back over, Greg, or do you, is that enough? <laughs> no, I'm just setting it up so that he can kind of obliterate any comment that I just made. Yep, here it comes. <laughs> so, I'm Greg, just trying to fit in, man. I'm just trying to fit in. So, Greg, I will give you the platform. What are your off-season plans on how to prepare for next year? Well, you know, honestly, Dan, like, I do so many different things in a year. So this, this is my final baseball series. And then, you know, I hope to let the beard grow and let the hair grow. And, uh, I'm headed to Alaska on Monday on a fishing lodge up there. So I hope to spend five or six weeks up there this summer. And then I have my fly fishing show that airs on discovery channel that, you know, we're back shooting shows. So I'm traveling around shooting that thing. So, you know, and then, you know, I'll, Probably my biggest preparation for doing games next fall will be the days that I get to spend with Coach Few fishing, which will be, you know, quite often this summer. So, you know, we I've already been uh, with him a few times fishing, so I've been able to pepper him with some questions uh, and and things like that. So I, I, that's, you know, it's good to get away. And, and I, you know, I've probably kind of learned that from him. You know, he's the master at that. He's the master at, at being able to compartmentalize his life. And to, to get away from things. And I, I think that's why, you know, he still looks like he's 45 years old. And, and, uh, and you know, he's, he's just kind of figured that out. He's, you know, he's got a really good life. So I don't know, you know, I, I won't do much as far as preparation. I'll, you know, I'll read all the blogs. It just seems like there's a lot of people out there these days doing all our research for us. So what, what blogs are you reading? <laughs> Well, or what not blogs or whatever, you know, I, I get on Twitter, you know, and I, I read all of that stuff. I wouldn't say it's blogs. I don't really read blogs, I guess. Um, most people are probably, you know, impressed that I, I know how to read. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of what my summer will look like. You know, nothing impressive. I do, like, I do hope that we get our normal slate of games. And I, I would like to say that, you know, when the games are on ESPN and CBS Sports and, and we lose a game here and there, like that's a reflection of where the program is today. So, you know, I, I am not hurt by that. That's great. You know, it's these are all people that we care about, and this thing is elevated to a point. However, you know, the only time Gonzaga makes money on their broadcasts is when we do the games. <laughs> so Facts. there is financial incentive <laughs> for Facts. us to be doing for for us to be doing some games. So uh, I don't ever see it going completely away. 
And, uh, you know, let's hope it doesn't, even if it's 40 points, I, you know, I've been doing them long enough. This was my 20th season. You know, back in the day, we did the St. Mary's games. We did, you know, there's so many, you know, the big games, the UW series we did all the time. I remember going to Illinois and, and like we did all the big games. And so, uh, you know, I had my day in the in the sun with that. And now we just get to do what we get to do and, and stay part of it the way at, at the level that we can. And, um, you know, after 20 years, it's fine with me. It's been well, a lot with, of success. Yeah, with that comment of, uh, you know, Gonzaga making money on our product, uh, on our production games, you know, I would love for KHQ to build the four of us as a brand in Spokane. That would be fun. The four of us doing commercials, kind of chopping it up just like we're doing right now. I mean, you look at NBA markets, you know, their broadcasters are, are doing different goofy things, whether it's for, you know, a sandwich shop or Miller Payne or whatnot. You know, if, if there's a marketing agency in Spokane, come up with some ideas for the four of us, yeah. right? Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm in. I, I don't know like can they get can they get all of our heads on one big banner like I, I don't know like yeah. I don't know if the TV screens are wide enough but I, yeah that would be great <laughs> that would be great well maybe the four of us need to uh, kind of put our our brain power together and find figure that one out and see if something can happen but uh, how about you Richard you know I know you're busy with your commercial real estate um, you know work but how do you stay in touch with the program as far as preparing for the upcoming seasons? I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, not much outside of reading, kind of like what Greg was mentioning, just keeping up on, on what's out there publicly. I mean, until they get back on campus in the fall and, you know, last year we couldn't even go to a practice. Um, you know, I'm not a big fan of shoot arounds, but you could even do that. Um, you're, not, you're not? So... I just I can't think of anything that's more more of a waste of time. But that's just my take, Chauncey. We can disagree on that, okay? Um, so, but you know, you know, the, the thing no one talks about because it's so they're so good now is every year the turnover that they're experiencing, and then also the 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 amount of guys the guys who do come back that have to kind of assimilate to a whole new role. You know, you really got to you, you have to spend the time to understand who these kids are, you know, what they did, whether it be at a previous school and high school, you know, what they did over the summer. And I, I do think there's a lot of value in going to watch them practice in the fall and then before the season starts. Um, so, I'll, I mean, I'll do that as we get closer. And, you know, but yeah, this summer, it's really just work, my real job, as it were, and then spend a lot of time with the family. We've got a couple of fun trips planned and. Our kids, our twins are five now, and it's starting to get a little bit easier and uh, a, a little bit more fun on a regular basis. So I'm just trying to embrace that. That kind of, you know, our kids are starting to get into sports. Dan, you know all about this, Chauncey too. Well, all three, all, all of you guys do. It's, you know, we're slowly starting to see our weekends get eaten up a little bit. So it'll, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, but it just, it's just another layer of uh, kind of hecticness in life. Sure. So with with your twins being uh, five years old now, I can imagine they're either They've just learned to ride a bike or they're getting close. If I were to take a a trip up to the South Hill, will I catch Richard Fox, the seven footer on a bike ride around Manitou Park or No, or I've done some I've, I've done some light research. And apparently bikes that fit me are hard to find. Um, 
in their. How about a unicycle? Unicycle, yeah. Richard. <laughs> that would be yeah. fantastic. You know, I think you got to play to your strengths. You know, I'm good. I'm good at sports and and that kind of thing. My wife's got a nice bike that she can you know ride ride with the kids. So you know, if they want to go around in a scooter, I can kind of follow them along from the neighborhood. But uh, Gord, Zach Gord tells me he's got a bike, an extra bike that would work. I just haven't seen it yet. So we'll see. I gotta see this. Yeah, you gotta take a picture of you on yeah. this bike with the helmet. Well, okay. hey. uh, if it happens, I will send it. I promise. And. I will fully expect to see it on the broadcast. Okay, I would love that. You know, with you on a bike is one thing, but I will say this before I'll, I'll share a story with you real quick before I ask you the final question before I let you go. Uh, about a year ago, I'm driving out of my neighborhood, and Rob Sacre, who you guys all know well, he lives about a mile away. Um, I'm pulling out of my neighborhood onto Little Spokane Drive in North Spokane. Rob Sacre, the seven-footer, is riding a horse. I felt so bad for the horse. <laughs> I saw pictures of that. Yeah, I saw that, too. That's pretty cool. Uh, different guy. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let me ask you this really quick. We'll go rapid fire. So I would imagine Gonzaga is the number one, preseason number one. Is it Final Four or bust again this year where people are disappointed or what are you guys looking for with this upcoming season? We'll go quickly. Richard, Chauncey, and then Greg. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Mark drives him crazy, but, you know, that's what happens. You know, that's going to be the narrative next year. I mean, Timmy might be the consensus preseason player of the year. <laughs> I mean, they're going to be that good. So, yeah, it's going to be going to get to the Final Four. And if they don't, people are certainly going to look at it like it's, uh, it's been, been a letdown. I think the last couple of years you've seen it be more embraced. I know you say it drives you crazy, but seeing in ice, you're closer, so you can say if it does or doesn't. But it seems like more it's like, okay, we're, we're the hunted now, and we'll take that on. These expectations are there, even though they're early. Let's let's go out there and do this, prove it, try to try to win this thing early on and have that, have that thought. You've heard him say, hey, it's the natty. Like early on, it was Jalen's talk, the natty. We're going to the natty. So this year, dang, it's just so bad that the fans got to miss – Seeing that kid, man, is just watching him, watching that motor go. But anyways, yes, expectations, Final Four, bus. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously that's that's where the program is. And when you get the, you know, the number one recruit in the country and, and what is it, number eight to number 30 or whatever it is, I mean, you have to go there. But, you know, i got to put the brakes on a little bit. you got to remember who, they just lost Suggs, Ayayi, Kispert, and it's the guards that, that get you to a Final Four in the NC2A tournament. So the expectations, yes, the Final Four, but I got to I gotta see them play together as a unit before I'm ready to, like, start making predictions. I just want to say, I think any, any amount of money that after the first practice, practice. To, next practice. year you're going to send a text, this is the best team he's ever yes. had. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, you can, you That's can a count on that. You can absolutely count on it. But you know, I just we just like you you gotta you gotta tip the cap to the guys that just left this program. Like they those three dudes were geez, good. They were pretty impressive. So I will yeah. agree with that. We will do this again once Greg gets back from the great wilderness that is Alaska and the seasons on the fly lodge. So for Fox, I appreciate your insight. Chauncey, your perspective is always great. And Greg, 
your hair looks amazing. So thank you guys for joining the Bulldog Broadcast. We'll catch you guys really soon. Thanks again. Best investment I've ever made. <laughs>